Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. First of all, I want to thank everyone who gives this episode an opportunity and uh, listens to it all the way through. These podcasts mean a lot to me, and and this one very much uh, specifically because uh, Shay is the kind of guy who I really connect with, someone who I looked up to it immensely as a young racer, uh, someone who sort of set the standard, and it always bummed me out how he was always uh, injured and. Um, you look at his his career results, and it's uh, it's it's so many highs and lows, and um, he's been through the ringer. Uh, I I still to this day I, I think that he's he still deals with a lot of demons, uh, but he has the best intentions in the world, and he's just a good good salt of the earth kind of person that uh, I think every he de- every, he deserves a lot of people's attention and time if you want to listen to. Uh, it was really difficult to get uh, Shay on the phone uh, as his cell phones for ser- service wasn't fantastic. And, and for whatever reason, uh, I wasn't actually able to use the normal recording software that I use to do the podcast. So uh, if the audio is not absolutely crisp and there's a little bit in there when uh, he's talking about his championship and then the audio goes a little wonky, I apologize. Um, kind of the best we can do right here. Um, until we get that guy on a landline of some sort, but, uh, the stories are epic. He's telling, uh, stories of Mitch Payton and Ricky Carmichael and Kevin Windham and you name it. Um, and you know, there's a million other stories in there. So at some point we need to catch up with Shay again. Um, thanks to a lot of the sponsors that have stuck with us over the years. And especially this year has been so kind of intermittent, uh, due to like COVID and with races and me starting this new job. Uh, with the Winnipeg Jets hockey organization, which has been uh, pretty cool, but uh, still very straining on my um, routines and just time as well. So I appreciate you guys being as patient as you have. Hopefully, we have not too many of you have completely fallen off uh, of listening to the podcast. Uh, but if you have, that's uh, sort of uh, the consequences of it all. But um, enjoy this podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please leave me a, uh, a message on Instagram. If you can go on to iTunes and leave us a rating, that'd be fantastic. Hopefully it's a good one. Um, and, and as always, thanks for listening guys. And, uh, hopefully you enjoy this podcast with Shay Bentley. Welcome to the Big MX radio podcast brought to you by Fox racing, Fox racing up here in Canada, as well as tear-off gaskets, and throttle throttle timepieces. You can save 15% by entering discount code BIGMXRADIO15 with both of those vendors upon checkout and save 15%. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, this is his third appearance on the BIGMX Radio podcast, uh, but it's been a while, so we need to... Start things off from the very beginning all over again, uh, but at least it's a warm conversation that we're having with uh, a legend in my eyes, a guy who uh, has uh, had an amazing career within the sport of motocross. Um, like so, so many people have gone back and watched this particular championship that he won, and uh, such a cool story. And I think a lot of people really cheered for him uh, throughout his career and, and, and ever since as well. And um, he's, he's, he's best known for uh, stealing a championship away from the great David Pingry. And, uh, and he's heading down to uh, Loretta Lynn's uh, to take care of the, some of the kids that he's been taking care of and uh, teaching the, the fast way around the track. That's none other than Shea Bentley. Shea, how's it going? Uh, going great, man. Going great. Thanks for having me on. 
Hey, thanks for making some time for us once again. Like I said uh, in the intro, uh, it's been a, uh, quite some time since we had you on the show. Um, yeah, like uh, like we're bu busy schedules. Plus, uh, um, it's just uh, it's it's tough to reconnect with people as often as we can. But uh, maybe we need to make this more of a regular thing. But uh, I really do appreciate you making some time to have it on the on the podcast. What the heck are you up to lately? Oh, just um. Actually, getting um, getting everybody ready for Loretta's, and uh, which is the biggest amateur motor you know, cross sport there is um, in the amateurs, and then uh, doing the family thing, um, enjoying life. You know. yeah, I tell you what, having my grandbaby, it uh, it's it, it, it's weird to say grandbaby because you know um, you know I'm not old, I'm 42, I'm prime time, and uh, I'm damn good looking. I ain't better looking now than where I was my race. So <laughs> it's uh. You know, it slows things down a lot for me. Um, let, let me, you know, you're always thankful, but it's it's like you start looking at such a small thing that we take for granted. And uh, no, life is great, man. I uh, just uh, enjoying the kids and my kids. Let's just say that I'm a big kid myself, so. Absolutely, that's that's awesome to hear, and uh, great to hear you um, on the podcast once again. Um, you've been training kids for a long period of time. Obviously, your career not lo not as long as you as anyone would have expected it to be, especially with uh, how highly touted you were coming out of amateurs and and racing hard uh, against some guys in your age bracket, which includes the likes of Ricky Carmichael. Um, if you could sort of like uh, give us a synopsis of, of what uh, post racing looked like for you, um, like how long it took for you to sort of like move on from your professional career and then eventually start to, uh, lend a helping hand, uh, to the youth of today, uh, riding. And, and I understand that you yourself, like through the injuries you sustained, like probably don't ride at all or, or, or much to, uh, to speak of, uh, touch on that if you can. Um, actually, uh, it's hard for me to ride these days. Um, Number one, because my injuries, my body just not take the beat. Number two is you can't, I can't just go out and enjoy it. Um, like I feel like I got to go out and just hang it out um, because that's all I did on a daily, daily basis. But it, I wasn't forced to do anything. All through my amateur rank, I wanted it. I wanted it for myself. I was raised if you want something, you earn it. That was my problem. I wanted it. I wanted it too bad. I didn't have the top, I didn't have the money for my parents to, you know, hire all these nutritionists, these training people. I had heart. I knew what I wanted. Whenever Carmichael was picking about 20 seconds, I watched video, come on, I went straight to school that morning, got up, went to school, made straight A's, mechanic picked me up, went straight to the track, he videoed me. I studied the videos, I studied the race, um, when I raced with Carmichael on the weekend, to my amateur. I, you know, I saw where he was you know, making time where you beat me, I started breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. And I've got my shit together, and I believed in my heart that I was the best. I knew what I was going to do, and I knew I was going to be the best. My parents will tell you, um, they never had to tell me. I got up 5 a.m. before I even went to school and did my workout. Um, never, you know, they they had to get on to me. I, when I had a bad race, it was my fault. I, was, I held myself accountable. Um, I beat myself up. Mitchell tell you, I was the hardest person on myself. I, you know, of course, my daddy would jump my ass, but it wasn't because he was mad, because he knew what I could do. So, um, I dealt with injuries. Um, you know, I had to, and the, 
the fact that I dealt with, you know, as far as the injury is more serious, um, and it's hard to come back from an injury. In order to beat, beat someone, you're doing everything they have to be doing. Well, they only get better. They get more confident. So when you're down, you don't lose anything. Sometimes you come back faster, but you lose that race edge. So when I'd come back, you know, I had a, I had a, I'd take athletes and get back to back to where I was. And then um, and it's all, you know, it's all believing in yourself. A lot of people go fast on motorcycles. A whole lot of people. You know, um, the difference from first is there's one that goes the line knowing, and there's, you know, the intent he believes. When you know in the bottom of your heart where you belong, that you belong out front, make it happen. When you, when you think that you belong out front, you might be that 10th place guy. So, um, you know, I fought, fought, fought. It was all through my career. I all I did was fight. I beat myself up. I lived right. You know, um, you name it, I mean, I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. Of course, I'm making mistakes. I went through bad. I went through hell on that. But um, still to this day, I still think, well, number one, I'm a better man because of everything I went through. Number two, I know that I'm the best at what I do. And I don't think it. I know it. But because of all the things that I went through. What I teach the kids these days has nothing to really do with motocross. It's about having goals, having dreams, that dreams come true. You have a goal, you have a routine, you make it happen. It's a team. We're all a team. When he goes to the gate, he's on his own. It's what he does during the week. That's what makes him. It's the weekend, it's his time to show. It's fun time. Relax, go out there and lay it down. We'll start to you know, you get your ass beat, we start, we figure it out on Monday. Um, we never stop learning. We have problems. We work through problems. Every problem, there's a solution. We, uh, you know, we put God first. Yeah, a lot of people are going to judge us. Hey, uh, you can judge me all you want. Uh, you know, you faith me. Um, same thing for them. Um. You know, they got cool. They got good background. I don't expect nobody to raise my kids. I don't think of training facilities. The kids that are these training facilities, I don't believe in. Why? Because the kids that are winning right now don't come from training facilities. And they're not hiring, you know, these training places to raise their kids. These kids are, you know, the, the kids that are still get burnt out. They're doing a lot of because the parents are burnt out when they, you know, Trump Road. They have, you know, all these rides. You know, top five and six in the B class already have factory rides. They're on factory bikes. All right, they're used to winning. Well, there's 40 other guys that when you go to the main and outdoor national and supercross, they can do the same thing that you're doing, but plus better. Yeah, you can go their same speed, but then it don't matter. They'll run that speed all day long, but they'll step it up. Um, you know, I got I got kids from the 50s all the way up. Biggest thing is the relationship. That these, what happens right now, these are memories. The memories last forever. I don't want them to be in my situation. When I retired from racing, it took me all through my all through my career. I didn't look at things coming. I, you know, when we raced for Sean and Joe Mack and all them. They were just I beat them. I didn't look at them saying, "Oh, they're going to be the next big thing." You know, Dungey, all them. I didn't think. And you don't look at that. You look at you. All right. And then as they come up, you know, they're getting faster. You know, they're confident. Their their bodies are better. You know, they can do the things you can't. You can no longer get. 
you know, able to do. Um, and I can't been down and touch my toes when, you know, um, when I'm getting shot just to go race on the weekends every weekend. You know, take it toll mentally. You, you go to the line, you're no longer worried about this and that. You're worried about all the things you shouldn't be worried about. What happens if I get a bad start? What happens if someone still lands on me? What happens if I go down the first turn and somebody runs over me? Your thought process is a totally different process. When you have kids, that even changes it more. But then you got a paycheck. Right? You're paying you're a good amount. But when you win, that's your bonus. That's what makes the rider. That's what, you know, that's what puts them on that mount. It's only five or six making enough money to live off for the rest of your life. So guess what all these other people want to do? They're going to be doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. They're going to be training other kids. But it's all about motorcycles. Only very few will make it in this sport. Why not push them to do something six feet? We all live. That's the problem. We all live. None of us thrive. When you want something bad enough, when you want to do something, when it's not a job and you care the bottom of your heart what you want to do, you're giving back. That's what I'm here to do. I love my guy. I love what I do. And I'll go to hell and back for any of them. I've been hell and back. That's me. Man, I love that. That is uh, some strong words, and obviously you can hear the passion that you have for the sport, uh, continuing to st uh, still shape uh, minds and bodies that uh, uh, are, are going to tackle the, the biggest race in uh, amateur uh, calendar that uh, coming up this week or this week here in uh, Loretta Lynn's, a place where you raced a lot going all the way back to uh, 1990. Um, where, like I said earlier, you and uh, you and Ricky are, if not the exact same age, he might just be a year older than you. And uh, he's, a year, he's a year younger. He's a year younger. That's right. Oh, he's a year. Yeah. But yeah, we raced each other. Um, I'll never forget. I was on 65, and uh, man, I always, <laughs> I feel it the same story. I always ran a racing man on my own. That was my good luck symbol. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't come from money. You know, just like, uh, my parents worked for everything they had for me to go racing. You know, uh, it was everything. But we pay our, we pay our um, water bill before we went racing. Um, so, uh, we were at Atlanta Supercross, and I beat him. That was the first time I ever raced him, and, his mom gave him hell and back. Like, you let that crazy man beat you. Is that in 89? When Stanton won? Yeah, this is 88 or 89 Atlanta Supercross. Um, I cannot believe which year it was, but yeah. Yeah, it was, um, Stanton won that night. I, I watched that race last night. <laughs> that, uh, so then I'm sitting there and, um, man, I know, like, just a little bitty short redhead boy sitting there and he's telling Greg Grand. And a few other, and he's like, I'm about to spank y'all's ass. I'm looking, I look at my dad, and he didn't want to spank nobody. <laughs> so, he spanked her ass. And, uh, that's, that's right then, is, I mean, Ricky was the man, you know, right out of the gate. He had a gift, but his gift, Ricky, you know what Ricky's gift was? He hated losing. Amen to that. He beat Ricky one moto. No, that's just one moto. I'm going to tell you, in amateur racing, he, he beat him one moto, he kind of, you know, um, if his mom and them load up went home, the son got clean toilet and did all this kind of work, the next weekend, you wasn't going to beat him. He was going to, I mean, you were going to have the race of your life. And I'll never forget, it was in 1993 or 94, it was winning the first year as a pro. 
And, uh, you know, everybody knew who Ricky was. We're at Loretta. Me and Ricky, I mean, me and Kevin went on a mountain bike ride. And Kevin, uh, he, he's like, man, you do. Just beat him, Jay. Just beat him. And I'm like, hey, Kevin. I'm like, the guy don't quit. You pass him, he steps it up. I mean, and you go the line, you know you're about to go to war. This ain't, this ain't, you know, this is war. The kid would go to war with you. He hated it. And uh, I remember um, Kevin the next year, you know, Rick turned pro, you know, a few years later, and I asked Kevin, I said, hey, just beat him. <laughs> All you got to do is just beat him. <laughs> he just looked so smart out. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was Ricky on the nutshell. He hated losing. And uh, you pass him, he was he could step it up. And the guy, he was able to stay, you know, healthy. Um, and he pulled off his way. You know, he didn't have the prettiest style. He didn't have this, but he had heart. And, and uh, you know, I respect him. With all I am, I love the guy to death. Um, still to this day, you can't help but love someone that you, you know, you went to the line and you would hate them. You know, obviously when I put my helmet on, there are no friends. But we were able to always, you know, even through our through our years, um, we had some incidents. We were all we were still able to carry that, um, you know, that love. I um, mean, it was a love. It was like, you know, he hated me, I hated him at times, you know. But at the end of the day, we loved each other. Um, it was just that way. It's tight, you know, a lot of us have that. I guess that relationship has, you know, frozen stuff. Um, you know, uh, you know what each you know what each person went through. Some of it was, you know, easier for others. But you know that they never, you know, never stopped. They worked for everything they had. Because a lot of it didn't, you know. When when I was on 85, when I got on 80, oh, 65, and get on 80, my dad bought two blown-up 80s and made one good one. And that's when I went to Loretta's, and I think I got um, a second that year in the uh, 7-11. It was only like my second year racing, um, or my third year racing. So, uh... I think the year before that, I got a fourth out Loretta, and it was just like, you know, that's how I, you know, that's how we did it. We slept in tents. It's crazy because we slept in tents here. Now everybody's in this, you know, these motorhomes, you know, and the, and it's different. I respect everybody here, you know. Um, I believe in it's like my daughter's spell races, and it's expensive, and my daughter's damn good. And awesome. She, she is just like me. I actually, I just told her today. I said, baby, I said, I wish you would slow down. She's 15 years old. I said, I wish you would slow down and enjoy life a little bit. But her, her work ethic is, is that I got to go. This, this, you know, this is my time. How can you not, you know? I have to give her a hug tell her I love her. Yeah. Tell her it breaks my heart, you know. Um, you know, because I'm not able to spend, you know, every day with her. And, you know, man, me and her mama got divorced whenever I quit racing. That's how tough when you quit racing is. It's a life it's changing. It's huh, dude. It's the hardest thing I went through. It was no longer about me. It was how am I going to put money? How am I going to put money on the table, food on the table, and take care? And uh, and then it's like you're taking care of all these injuries. You trust your, you trust these doctors. You trust this. And then that's how I got it. You know, then I went through addiction. And uh. And I, and I tell you what, don't ever say never. Please don't ever say never, because I did it. Yeah, I did it. I didn't understand how somebody could let something so little control their life. Man, man. 
it's, every day is a um, it's a work in progress. Um, it's always moving steps, taking steps forward. You don't ever look. You don't take. You don't look back. You learn from it, but you you always taking steps forward. I don't care if they're baby steps, but it's not just about it. It's about life and uh, thriving, being good to others. You know, um, someone needs help. You you help them. Um, God God puts us in situations. We're not here for ourselves. We're all we're all here having purpose. We're here to, to you know, take the seat. You know, and uh, everybody's too worried about beating everybody else down. And, um, yeah, I, I ain't gonna lie. When you put your helmet on, I want my riders to kick your ass. I want them to hurt your But when they come off the track, I love you. I, you know, I'll do anything for you. You can't, you know. That's just the type of person I am. Um, I love to win. But, um, but, you know, if I see somebody doing a section, I'll go, I'll be the first one to go tell them what. That, you know, watch try different. Just try it. Maybe, you know, it may not work for because we all work in, you know, our own way. But um, uh, that's how I, that's how I am, man. It, it is it is hard when you walk away from racing because most kids don't have, you know, their parents are banking on it. They're banking. They're thinking their kids will be the next big thing. Their life changes in one instant, one injury, one little change. You know, you don't have to be you get hurt. You can be you know losing a loved one. Anything changes, and uh, you have to be ready for it. You have to adapt, um, and uh, you can't do it alone. If the day you think you can do it by yourself, huh, it don't work that way. Um, family, family's everything. Hold on to it. Enjoy the memories. Enjoy the moment. And uh, when everybody else shits on you, because you're gonna, everybody's gonna shit on you one day. Because uh, you know, I dealt with it. I didn't know what to. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, but my family never did. I, I, my close friends, you know. Um, and uh, but you, you don't you don't go and knock them. You know, you understand it's business. It's a job. The day that this thing needs to turn to a job, let it turn into a job. Support it. Enjoy it. Love life. For sure, and that sounds like something that you definitely pass on to uh, the athletes that you work with on a regular basis. Uh, obviously, that's an extremely uh, rewarding experience for you. Um, like you'd mentioned, like let, let's let, first before we get to kind of like your kind of life after the the the, um, the career, let's let's spin the clocks back to uh, your first years racing. You'd mentioned uh, 1991 85 CC seven to eleven stock. Uh, that was your first taste of the podium at Loretta's, and you were always a team green kid. Uh, where did that connection start? Uh, how did you keep it going the entire time? Like literally you were on Kawasaki's, uh, right up until I believe it was 2002 when you were on ECC Suzuki. Uh, how did you keep that relationship warm? Uh, what were the ins and outs of those types of deals? And, uh, yeah, if you remember some of your sponsors from back then. You don't burn bridges and you don't look, you're not just looking for the bigger and better deal. Yeah, it comes to money and stuff like that, but you look long term. When it comes to, you know, I knew Team Green was Team Green was the only place to be as an amateur. We didn't have, you know, Team Green was it. It still is. You, you develop a relationship with the guys, the in-house guys, and the truck drivers. It's not just, you know, it's everybody. I had a, I had a relationship with them. I had, um, I love this guy. I still love him to this day. And uh, I had other offers and stuff. And then when I turned pro, um, when I come out of the amateur ranks, I had other offers. But I wanted, and my dream was to be on pro circuit. 
number one, because they're the best. Still to this day, they're the best. But they had been, everybody had been loyal to me. And uh, that was my dream. My, not my dad. Not, it wasn't, you know, they actually paid me the least amount of money. And uh, it wasn't about money. I knew that if I did my job, the money would come. Um, I wasn't looking for just a jump on board. Blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, and honestly, they had the best writers and stuff. They had the best staff, but it was it, it was organized. It's um, it was uh, yeah. Chad Watch, you know, Carmichael. You follow, you know. You, then you look at you know, when they had TP and Mitch. He knows, he knows how to shape the guys. He can take someone and make it. Um, I wanted to be, I wanted to win. And that's, um, I followed through, straight through. Even when um, I never burned a bridge, even when I had to leave somebody, I, I mean, it was heart-wrenching and stuff, but I did it on a good note. Um, and too, too many of these kids, you know, it's all about money. You know, we got to make this, we got to make it. There's so much pressure on them, they jump forward. Well, this, this is a small industry. And if you're not doing your job on one team, then mine another hell does another team, won't you? Because if you can't win on that bike, then you can't win on that bike. They're looking for that miracle. Sometimes the miracle is, you know, in, in order to change something, you got to know the problem. In order to fix it, you got to know it. Look within. Look within yourself. Dig deep. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. And, uh, you know, for those that really care stuff, they're gonna be honest with you. And like with Mitch, uh, yeah, he's hard. He's, I heard him. You know, he's changed in a lot of ways. But if if a, if they're talking to you, if they're cussing you out, if they're whatever, however the hell they work, because we all work different. Sometimes you know, sometimes we work different. Work the best when someone crawls our ass. Yeah, you gotta be able to. Sometimes you know, um, you gotta be a piece of shit from Georgia redneck. You know, and uh, hey, that was me. Whatever you know. But I, you know, you'll tell you today, I'm not my own program. I know what my program is. And I'll make it. You piss me off. I'm on, I, I love it. I love it. Piss me off. Because all you want to do is make me work harder. Yeah, come and tell me more my, my rider stuff. Yeah. I love you. Thank you. See you next weekend. So, you know, uh. I uh, wasn't gonna burn a bridge. I stayed honest. I stayed true. I followed my dreams. I followed my path. I had my way was. I had a path. It wasn't bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. It was a clear path. So from an early age. And and that's a, a really uh, strong thing to say in general. Um, like that's that's a very old school approach. It's something that I have a lot of respect for. Someone who um, prides themselves in essentially being undeniable. It's just it's basically like I'm going to do it the right way. And I'm going to do it the right way long enough to the point where you can't say no to me anymore. And um, and you were be, you were very successful with that. Whether it was uh, you're you're on the, on the track. Or off and uh, developing relationships with guys like Mitch or guy, uh, and with the the team uh, Kawasaki guys, and I think in a lot of ways you're kind of the the poster boy for what kind of rider Mitch was looking for. Unfortunately, obviously the the injuries uh, derailed a lot of things for you, but uh, I think Mitch was looking for a lot, and I think he still does. Looks for guys who. When you uh, when he comes down on somebody, he's he's hoping that lights a fire under their ass, and and that's not something that you find a lot of nowadays. 
And he was able to find that in you. Yeah, some people, you put, uh, you put, some, you put a man in the corner. Some of them get weak, some of them cold. Right? A man's supposed to respond. I was, you know, I was raised, um, you know, uh, again, you wanted it bad enough, son. Show me. Um, so, Mitch responded, and, and he knew our work, my team worked with me. Uh, my mechanic, he'd been with me since I was 12. Um, you know, I, when he came aboard, my parents couldn't pay him. So my dad couldn't keep up my practice fights and stuff. And he took me to the track is what I needed to make that next step. So um, he worked for me for free. And my deal was is that when I turned pro and I got my factory ride, I'd go with him. And I, he, did, he went with me through my whole career. He never left me. Wow. Um, he's passed away now. I'm due to a heart attack, but... That's how loyal I am. Um, same with, you know, like, my family and stuff, like, I'll fight, I'll fight. If I'll, I'll, whatever it takes, you know, um, I know what's right. Um, sometimes, you know, we get hurried, we, you know, we look, life passes us by, we get excited, that excitement. Just slow it down, you know. Um, you know, when a team comes and offers you something, look at the big picture. You got to look at the team within, look at the results, look at everything. Look how they work. Is it going to be, is it going to work in your benefit? Um, you know, uh, because, I mean, all these riders, I mean, look at them. They sign these contracts that, you know, life's good. They're, they're top amateur kids are kicking ass. Everything's great. They turn pro. They get a two-year deal. The first year, hey, there's no pressure. We just want you out there. Learn. Second year, there's pressure. All right. A lot of them have 90% of my focus. They don't have rides yet. Then they're, you know, that team don't want them to number one another team. They're looking for the next up and coming in. They're banking. They're looking for that next startup. The next startup's not coming from facilities. Look at Justin Cooper. You know, you got Cooper. You got, um, uh, you know, the Yamaha boys. They, they do their own program. Cooper they're Webb. Hungry. They're still, they're healthy. Yeah, Cooper yeah. Webb. They're hungry. They're healthy. They're, they, they, you know, they, they go, they know what, you know, they know what works for them, but they have that that fight. They never stop. They're not relying on that next fix, you know, um, banking for years, banking there, you know, they do their own program. And, uh, and I admire that. And, uh, and I, you know, you guys that are winning, you have to look at, you know, why are they winning? Because honestly, the techniques and all that stuff, they're still the same like when Jeff Ward's in race. I mean, you look at a lot of the, I mean, the pictures and stuff like that, it's amazing how things, you know, I don't look at just wins, I stop and pause it. You gotta look at everything. And um, the mindset, the mindset of it, you know, there's a different mindset of a champion. Um, the good day, you know, you don't win championships on the good day, you win them on the bad day. You know, you turn a bad day, you gotta make it the best day. Um, you gotta judge responding, it's um, adapting. So, uh, now it's um, keeping up with the Joneses and, uh, you know, um, I guess I don't see how these people do it. I guess grandpa and grandma have got a lot of money here. They're going, you know, they're living off making, you know, thinking their kids going to make millions and they need to look at this. The, the millions ain't there unless you're the top guy. I mean, I, re- I really don't see, I mean, you've got to be a rock and you've got to be a web in order to make that money. You know, a, a seventh place guy in the 450 class just ain't making that money. 
I said, I don't, I don't see why these parents, you know, I, it's different if you're doing it for your kids, but it, a lot of them are doing it because they want that, like the parents are wanting that acceptance. Like they're that immature. Um, you know, you give your kid every opportunity you give them, but, you know, let him do it for himself. I've been in this fight. I've got my ass beat a few times. Because, right, uh, you know, parents, um, you know, I'm saying put the hands on you, put your hand on the kid in front of me. I, I'm five, six guy. I'm taking ass beating all day long, but it ain't gonna, it's only gonna happen one time. If I am, then I, it don't happen. Or to the you know, I'm playing AMA, um, which I, I do think, you know, now you gotta have a college degree, I think, you know, that's great. I mean, not a college, and, you know, high school diploma, that needs to be done. These kids, they're coming out, they're grooming them, but their the maturity level just isn't there. Yes. You know, um, the speed is there, but the maturity level. You can win one weekend and then finish 20 at the next two weekends. That's, you know, that's not it. That's not that's not what they're hiring you to do. Um, a third place with Mitch is a, um, okay, let's, let's load up, boys. Did you? Mitch, he, he ain't hiring you to finish third place. Mitch spends too much of his own money too much of his own money, and he wants that championship. Those those plates are on that door. Mitch takes that's how much pride it it burns it burns him. That's how bad he wants. It hurts his heart. He will do anything you ask him, anything you need. If he believes in you and you need this, I don't care if it costs him a million bucks. Mitch is going to go spend that million bucks that you have it. And I promise you that with my whole heart. They're, these racing, the, the money ain't there for these racing to be, you know. They do it because they love it. Hell, uh, you know, your off-road vehicles, they sell a shitload and a hell of a lot more money in that stuff. You think they're right? They do it because they love racing. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 these teams, man, it's everything, anything you want, they're willing to do it. But you have to perform. You have to at least hang it out there and do what you, you know, you're paid to do. Because if you ain't and they stop talking to you, you got a, you got a problem. You got a job problem. Because when they stop talking to you, they, they stop believing in you. As long as they're cussing you out and they're talking, hey, you're good. They believe in you. Absolutely. You like, okay. yeah. Mitch believed in me because of my work ethic. Mitch saw, Mitch saw me jog every day to the shop. Six miles. That's how I got to the shop. Every day. I'm from Georgia. I didn't have a truck out there. I jogged. I was borrowing my mechanic's truck to go to the track. Every day. We went fast. I went bicycling. Every day. We went fast. Did that? I went to the gym. That's how I overtrained. But back in the day, we didn't have all that. It was, you know why he's doing it? He's in better shape. When I went to the Chaparral race, that was my very first race with Mitch Payton. This is my first pro race with Mitch Payton, Pro 30 Call Sucks. You know how scared I am? I know what I was doing at the test track. Huh. Now, I gotta, I gotta lay it down. Hey, best day of my life. That one race right there, after I got finished, Jeremy Kraus went up to Mitch and said, don't let that boy go. He did. He got it. That's pretty McGrath, cool. I beat McGrath in so bad. They thought they had won the race. 
let's get into that event. Tell, let's walk through that that event a little bit better. Like you're you just wrapped up your Supercross career or your I mean your uh, amateur career. Uh, you win a title over top of uh, Nick Way, and um, was it was it on a KX two hundred and fifty or a one hundred and twenty five? Take 
mentioning them. They're, you know, they're drinking and stuff. And everybody's just having a time of life. My bitch calls my dad. He goes, man, he goes, your boy's special. He goes, he did it today. He goes, he did what I saw. And uh, it was great. Then uh, one week, you know, man, did you wasn't going to beat me that year. Straight up. They better be lucky I got hurt. I got hurt the week before first race. And I was on a different level. You had car, you had, you know, I was on a different level. And, uh, broke my wrist, came back. Um, Glenn Helm, it's all supercross, came back, broke my wrist, uh, didn't even crash. Um, the place they put in my arm was too heavy. Broke my wrist again. And, uh, but you know what? Mitch never, dude, my whole career, he told me one time, he goes, your son, I never had. He goes, I love you, Shay. He goes, I fought, I truly love you. And, you know, a lot of people don't know, I was offered um, many jobs, team manager, everything from him to walk away. Uh, even when I did walk away, I was an agent, you know, and I had a team manager job position. It was offered. But my wife was going to move to California. I had my baby, so I had to suck it up. Um, but um, it was hard because um, when I went to ECC, I don't know, I'm skipping ahead, but, All good. you know, I, had, I could have rode for many. I could have rode for Mitch for free. He wasn't going to let me go. He, he, he and I felt like it was, it, it was the right decision to make a jump, to get on something different, try it for a year, and then come back. And, uh, and I was, um, that's what I did. Um, and, man, that's where I made a mistake. I was I held out a little too long. I had several contracts when I was on ECC, especially after Daytona. But I found that it again. I found that shade. And uh, I told my dad the next weekend, I said, Dad, I said, I'm back. Went out and practiced at the fastest time. Both practices. He, man, event, I'm passing Mike Brown, you know, for the lead. And it was on. It was over. I was on it. I found it. And uh, Lap Rider um, took, went off the track, took me out, and, um, tore all the ligaments my thumb, broke my other end. And it was deflating. When you've been deflated so much, um, but man, yeah, it's good. It's good. It takes me back, man. Well, yeah, man. Like you, your career is a roller coaster of like. You honestly didn't even finish in the middle of the pack of much. You was either uh, right at the front or uh, right at the back because you you DNF'd or had a had a uh, an injury. Let's talk about that championship season. Yeah. Do not be scared. You go out there and you lay it down. You do your job. You suck your up. You take that pussy right out of you and do your job. You get whatever it takes, but you got to step up. That was my deal. Yeah. I would rather crash than go back and knowing that I didn't give it everything I had. And, and if I did not give it everything I had. I can I can handle an injury. That that is pain. That is physical pain. I can handle physical pain. But you know what I can't handle? I can't handle emotional pain. I can't handle knowing the fact that I went out there and I didn't give everything. And that, that's a that's an admirable trait, man. And and honestly, I think that's uh, unfortunately it was sort of your undoing as well as uh, a great strength for you. Um, let's talk about the 2000, uh, 2000 uh, West Coast Supercross Championship. And and for those who haven't gone back and watched all of these races, I think all of them are available on uh, on YouTube. 
<laughs> That's exactly it. Um, and, and yeah, it was essentially the championship that nobody wanted to win until you grabbed hold of it. It, uh, I believe the first three rounds had different winners and, um, uh, Pingree had his terrible nights. Uh, I think even Brock Sellard's, uh, gate, like had a, had a, like a, a bid for the championship for a little bit there, as well as Talon Voland. You take the points lead after Phoenix, I believe, if not Houston, and um, yeah, it, go go for it. I had a week. I had a week to prepare. I'm at my test track in Georgia when uh, I get a phone call from Mitch Payton. He said, "Jay, I need you." He goes, "How are are you ready?" He said, "Nathan Rand just crashed, and he's out. He's going into surgery the next morning to get surgery on his hand." Um, he said, "If you can't do it." Hey, I understand. I've been on the bike for a week and a half. I said, I don't know, Mitch. I said, um, can I call you back in about 30 minutes? He said, why? I said, because I'm about to do my first 20 lapper. And I said, I'm going to lay it down. I said, I'll call you afterwards. He said, all right. I laid it down. I called him back. I said, you really need me? He goes, yeah. I said, I'm your man. I got on the airplane the next morning. I'll never forget I had leopard hair. And um, I get to the test track, he sees me like, what the hell? Next day, he went and bought me some hair dye. We dyed it straight back to um, brown. So, um, oh, yeah, your hair was like brown, like fake brown. Yeah, that was yeah, funny. I always though. did different colors. I, I, uh, I met uh, Nikki. Um, hey, we always did different hair. Mm-hmm. I always did different hair, too. And uh, so, um, I, uh, first round, their goal for me was top five. And I swear exactly where I finished fifth. And I had the worst hate to arm pump. I ain't been on a bike. I said, I missed about a year of racing. I, mean, I did I was only on a bike for a few weeks that year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, you, you had one, one result in all of, if all of, uh, 1999 was a 40th at Glen Helen. So essentially you didn't race. Yeah. That's where, yeah. That's where I broke my arms. I literally, um, well, uh, Breaking up a little bit there, Shay. I know you're driving, but yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like um, because you know they were they were kind of down on me, I could tell. So um, I never get buddies like that kind of stuff, you know. He knew he knew what I was capable of, and I I just I was like the next week, that's a good week, the next week, and you know, we go back to the and I, you know, yeah. So um, and the qualifying, that was kind of surprising. Well, I 
Casey Lytle. That's right.
Go for it. You should have been tenth. That's amazing, man. I should like, have had so many. I should have had so many of those. But I couldn't stay. I couldn't stay in the street. That, yeah. that was just part of my dream. I should have won. Or I should have won two biggest across. I should have. I should have did it. But God had different plans. And honestly, it's to get back. The only thing I can think of. It still kills me to this day. 22 years ago. That's how bad I wounded it. But hey, I'm a stronger and I'm a better man today because of it. No joke, I'm, man. I'm truly a bad Like, I, 
believe in myself that much. I believe in my kids that much. My kids will tell you I'm like probably the biggest piece of shit because I round them. I, I, I hound them. I hound them. I love them to death. They'll tell you. I hug them. I tell them every day. But I got, I, you know, if you want it, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to go buy you a car. You go and work, you're going to buy yourself a piece of shit that's going to get you to and from work. You're going to appreciate it. That's my, that's how I work. So, call call me what you want, earn it. Show me you want it, I'll meet you halfway, but damn it, I'm not going to get it. And that's fair, honestly. That's that's uh, that's how things really should be, honestly. That's uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, I I feel like there's a, there's a lot of like that that style and that that old school mentality is is something that's really lacking in today's society. Uh, and and good to hear that you still have those values. Um, questions for you before uh, we let you go here on the podcast, man. This is awesome to hang, like to and we, we can keep talking to like. Uh, I know you got a long drive here, um, but uh, all right. Well, uh, question I have for you: the, n- no results at all on a on a two fifty two stroke. Uh, was that ever attempted? And is that like um, like obviously you you've got some some like some hurt that's created through your your career? Obviously, you're one of the guys that actually has a championship. Um, but uh, is that is it maybe if if there are any like sort of regrets, but like wish you would have been able to race on a two fifty two stroke or even a four fifty um, in the pros? It, 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 I was actually five, way five point two fifty two stroke. Um, I went overseas. I did race them overseas. Okay. Um, I beat Ezra and them straight up. Yep. You know? um, I uh, you know, speed wise, I was right there with Kelly. I was right there with all of them. Um, This has been fantastic. Always is, Shay, to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate you making some time for us, and uh, we'll be sure to uh, call you up again at some point to uh, continue to hash out more stories. Uh, you have a great rest of your night, and uh, don't hang up just yet. Uh, but for podcast sake, let's uh, let's cut it off right there. <laughs>